Hello and welcome to another edition of the Ansign Football Podcast. I'm Mike Brandon and today I'm going to be joined by Lebanese international Suni Saad who's going to take us on a journey through his career and also his time with Ansan Green Wolves. We're going to follow that up with a little introspection on Ansan's recent results and the final running for the 2021 season. So enjoy this podcast. Today we are joined by Hassan Sunni Ali Saad, one of the most famous names to have donned a greener's shirt. He's a former under-20 US youth international, scoring at that level before becoming a full international for Lebanon in 2013. He will be remembered in Korea more for his goal in the World Cup qualifiers against the Tegu Warriors back in June. But for us, most importantly, he's remembered in these parts for his time with Ansan. So, Suni, how are you? I'm doing fine. Uh, how's everything with you? It's great. We've actually had a, a couple of wins at the time of recording for, for Ansan, so it's a, a little bit brighter than this a while back. Yeah. So, today we're going to go on a little bit of a journey through your career before focusing on your experiences in Korea. So, you started your career coming through uh, college football or college soccer in the US. Uh, you were prolific for the Michigan Wolverines. Um, but I think the college soccer system, the college system in the US is often um, pointed out as being a bit more unique to other progression systems in the in the world. So what's it like coming through that youth system in the US? Um, and also how much of a following does the, uh, the college scene have in the US? Um. Uh, if we rewind a little bit, uh, I, I started my youth career with uh, a club team, uh, Michigan Wolves. And, and actually, prior to that, my father was my coach. Uh, my, my dad was my coach uh, for myself, my brother, and my two sisters. So that's actually where my youth career started. Um, he has been integral in, in my development, and uh, he was, he's, he's still my coach a little bit today. Um, but he kind of he worked me up to to play in the youth club of the Michigan Wolves, and and that's actually where I think I got scouted to go to the under fourteen, under fifteen, under seventeen U.S. national team. Um, and then afterwards uh, is when I decided to to play in in college. Um, but uh, I would say the University of Michigan helped me uh, in my development. It's a lot more physical. Uh, to jump up from the youth level. Um, there are a lot of fans actually, you know, the universities, if, if you know college football, American football has more fans than the NFL. Um, and uh, so a lot, of, a lot of fans support the college teams. Um, and I believe it was one of my best seasons as a, uh, as a football player, um, was playing with Michigan. I played with my brother uh, I also played with Justin Merrim, who was just playing uh, against Korea uh, when Iraq played against Korea, and they tied 0-0. Um, so we had that, that sensational season where we went all the way to the NCAA Final Four. Um, and then from that, uh, I decided to, to go professional and play in the MLS. Um, but, you know, I, I think without the University of Michigan, uh, without my time there, um, I wouldn't be the player that I am today. And, and it definitely helped me um, 
kind of take the next step up. Okay. So you then got that first professional contract in the MLS and that was with Sporting Kansas City. So, you know, you've, you've noted just how um, competitive and, you know, how big the, I guess, the university or the college uh, football soccer system is in the U.S., um, so what's the difference between, you know, that move you made from from that college level to the MLS itself? Uh, to be honest, I, I want to say that, you know, the, the college level back then, back when I was a freshman, is not the same. At least it looks like it's not the same as what it is today. Um, when I signed in the MLS in 2011, uh, I was ready to play. I was ready to, to, to be given a chance to play day in and day out. Um, but my, my MLS coach at the time uh, said that I wasn't ready. I needed more time to adapt to the, to the physic, uh, physicality of the league, um, which is totally different from what you see nowadays. Nowadays, you see 16-year-olds, 17, 18, 19-year-olds making their debut. Uh, you also see nowadays that they have MLS academies that players are, are signed to the academy straight to the first team. Um, that wasn't available when I was uh, growing up. That wasn't available when I made the transition from uh, college to, uh, to, to professional. Um, so it's a little bit different now. Um, I would say when I first moved from the university, I mean, I, I was flying. I, I had scored 19 goals. I was ready to play. I came in to play as a striker. Um, but when I, transition to, to playing professional uh, I got moved to play left wing um, and that, that definitely changed the way that I play uh, changed my mentality going forward um, but uh, it, it helped me learn uh, I guess more about the game than I had known prior uh, but I would say uh, I think nowadays the the college players uh, they're they're ready to get into the league and you know they should be playing uh more minutes at a at a faster pace okay so also during you know that that time that you were you know transitioning through to the mls um you'd actually had some success as a youth player for the u.s national team under 20 level but you decided that you become a full international for lebanon so you know that's that's a quite a a really you know big decision to make. So how did you go through the process of deciding to make that decision? I think uh, that decision was made, and it links with my prior point of um, when I had gotten out of college, uh, I was ready to play. I was ready to to, to play more minutes. I was eager. I was hungry, um, and I wasn't getting that game time uh, at at Sporting Kansas City. Um, so I had received a bunch of phone calls from, from Lebanese numbers and um, a lot of messages from people within the Lebanese Federation uh, asking if I would be interested to play for the full team of Lebanon. And at that time, uh, I just wanted to play. I wasn't getting game minutes at, at, in Sporting Kansas City. Um, so I said, this is an opportunity for me to play. Uh, this is an opportunity for me to, to get recognized at an international level. And uh, it was just really quick. I remember sitting down with my, 
to my dad and he said, are you sure you want to do this? You know, once, once you switch to, to the Lebanese team, you can't, you don't have any uh, way to, to play for the U.S. And I mean, the, playing for the United States national team um, is a bit more, I mean, they have a great chance to make the World Cup every four years. Um, you know, they have a lot more recognition. Um, but at the time that I made the decision, it was strictly I want to play football. I, I don't want to sit and wait. And um, I guess we wouldn't be having this conversation if, if I played for the United States because uh, getting that, that Lebanese passport has opened the doors to play in Asia uh, through an Asian slot. And, um, and you know, I'm very thankful and I'm, I'm very proud to, to play for Lebanon currently. Great. So just on that point, Dan, of, you know, you know many teams in Asia do have that... Um... Have three three international players plus one or two Asian or AFC Federation country players. So you, you had a stint then in Thailand before you returned to Canvas, um, and then you would go on to actually play for the Kansas Two side. It was called Slow Park Rangers then, I think, before moving to Indy Eleven. But these were in the USLC. So how well supported is the 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 US? Um, the USL compared to the MLS. Do you actually see some potential for growth, uh, you know, a multi-pyramid or multi-tiered system in the US, like you, know, you see in England or you know you you see in other parts of Europe? I wish, I wish, mate. This is this is what a lot of uh, the, the talk in the locker rooms, even in the MLS, is that we want we want promotion relegation. I think most of the times they have the CBA agreements, the CBA discussions in the MLS. They really push for promotion relegation because it, it puts an incentive um, for for teams at the top or teams at the bottom, and even teams in the second division do well. Um, but going back, yeah, I played in Thailand um, on that same on that same issue of of I wanted to play more. Uh, I was at the end of my contract in 2014, and and no one from the club had come to contact me to renew or to even negotiate. So. Um, because I had just scored in Thailand in 2013 and um, a World Cup qualifier, Asia Cup qualifier, um, I received an offer to play there and, and I, I hopped on it right away. Um, uh, I was in Thailand my first year. I had gotten injured um, and that kind of put me out for the whole year. The second year, I started to play really well. I think I had maybe 12 goals, 12 assists in all competitions. Um, and I had a chance to to sign again in Thailand, um, but I was a little bit homesick. And uh, I, I Kansas City had messaged me and asked me if I wanted to come back, um, and I I jumped on it. It was it was a pretty decent offer. Um, and in that first season, I, I didn't. It was almost the same reason why I had left. Um, they sent me out on loan to get more minutes uh, at the Swole Park Swole Park Rangers. Um, it was only for like two games, uh, and I went back. And then uh, I, I had signed a two-year contract with Kansas City. So after the first year, the coach uh, tells the administration, tells, tells SUNY not to come to uh, preseason training. So I had just finished that first year, and I'm, I'm still under contract with them. And basically, I was left with a dilemma of, of do I just sit, collect my paycheck, or do I move to a team to play? 
And uh, my agent told me, well, I know a coach at Indy 11, Martin Rennie, who had coached for Seoul Eland. Um, and he had a pretty deep, he also coached in the MLS. He had a good reputation and I decided to, to jump on it uh, just because I wanted to play. Uh, and I didn't want to just sit at Kansas City and, and not play at all and, and have a coach that didn't even want me to go to preseason. For what reason? I, I don't know. Um, but that's how that's how the game works sometimes. Uh, I went to Indy 11. It wasn't the best of, of seasons for me. Uh, Martin Rennie had had uh, kind of implemented this this uh, style of play that uh, I wasn't really liking. Um, but I I respect him as a as a as a coach and as a person. And he's a great guy. Um, I scored a couple good goals for Indy 11, and then. Uh, I went, I went on after that and finished my 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 contract. But I think that the the USL is very, you know, is a very good league. Um, it's underestimated. Um, the only thing that would make it different than than the MLS is the I want to say the infrastructure. The 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 state. Sometimes we would play in, in in a baseball field, you know, where they put turf onto the the sand. Um, you know, it, it's a professional league except for that aspect. Uh, and, and that's a little bit disappointing because there's quite a bit of talent coming through that league. Um, and then touching, touching back on that promotion relegation, uh, I really, I think if there was promotion relegation, uh, if there was that pyramid uh, style of football, you would see a lot, a lot more um, talent come up through the, the youth um, in, in the United States. Right, it's also it's certainly a, an issue that you know uh, Korea is wrestling with because it took a long time just to get a two-tier relegation system. Now there's some discussion of a, of a three-tier, but we'll see about that. I'm just interested about the uh, you mentioned like playing in a baseball field, etc. No, we. Uh, I mean, you, it would affect the way that you play. You, you would, you would basically the captain would would select to defend that that side first. Just so that they would have an advantage in the second half. Also, it changed the way that the team builds from the back, mm. and you know they'll they'll put a pass across the back line, and it hits hits the bump on on the where the turf is laid down. Um, it like it, it would affect it, or if it's slippery, it's it's a lot more slippery uh, slippery because you know, it doesn't have that traction. So like you would if, if a player is dribbling in that area, you would press them. Um, so small, small details like that. Um, but the fans are, they have, they, they bring fans, um, and they have, uh, ultras as well. Um, it's, it's quite professional. I mean, it's not too different from the MLS, uh, although the pay is different and, and these pitches that they play on, but I think that is also starting to change. Uh, Louisville, um, the team in the USL that's been in there for a while, they just recently opened up their own. Uh, soccer, uh, football specific stadium um, and there's a lot of other clubs that do have these these stadiums as well um, but but if if all of them can get on board then uh, that would be different that would be something special right certainly something we'd like to look out for um, so yeah so you would then make a move to the Lebanese Premier League um, that seems like 
it has also a, a, some deep personal reasons for you to make that move. But you know, can you talk us through why you made that move to the, uh, Ansar in Lebanon? Yeah, it was uh, I think it was January of 2019. Um, I was sitting at home without a club. I had just finished with Indy 11. Um, and I was waiting for my agent to, to, to get me something going overseas. Um, I received a couple phone calls from some teams in Lebanon. Um, and, and the pay would, would be fantastic. It was, it was really good pay. Um, and uh, it was only a four-month contract. It was, I think, four months, and that's it. So I, I figured in my head, uh, play well for four months. You have 10 games, maybe some cup games as well. And uh, uh, and then you can move on from there. Also, the Lebanese league, if you do well, you can move on to the Gulf. You can move on to other places. Um, and so I jumped on it, and right away I started to play. I think my first goal with Ansar, I scored. Um, and I ended up scoring, I think, seven goals in 10 or 11 games. So, so yeah, it was it was nice. Great. So that spell, of course, just after that, you would uh, eventually, you know, make a or I guess get a call or something. Anyway, Ansan would come along in early 2020. Um, actually, you know, how did that actually come about? What's the process of like contact and getting, you know, between the K a K League club and yourself? So, so for, so when when I signed in Thailand, the goal was move to Thailand and then you can move to, to either Japan or Korea. And so that was always in the back of my mind to play in, play in, in the K League. Um, K1, K2, I think at the time it was classic and challenge. Um, but uh, I had always had to play in Korea on my to-do list. Um, so, so after I had finished that four-month stint with Ansar, uh, they wanted to renew, and, and I renewed for two years, actually. Um, the season started end of 2019, and then it abruptly stopped because of the economic crisis in Lebanon. Uh, and also, so, so the league had stopped. Also, coronavirus had started at the beginning of 2020, um, and they were putting restrictions on. I think my club was in AFC Cup, but we had signed. In the time that I had renewed my contract, we had three different managers. Uh, we brought in two, three different big name players and that affected my, my uh, position in the team. Um, so basically my club, the Ansar club, they, they weren't paying me. Uh, they had stopped paying for my apartment. Multiple pro ongoing problems that I'm solving currently with, with, uh, with FIFA and CAS. Um, but I think it was early 2020, my agent had asked me, are you interested in coming to Korea? And I said, absolutely. You know, where do I sign? Um, and we kind of just waited. We were waiting for, for more information. The interest grew. And, and uh, finally, that deal materialized, I think, at the end of February 2020. Um, and I remember leaving Lebanon maybe a day or two before they had closed the airport to coronavirus. Um, so imagine the movie scene where there's a, an airplane taking off and everything's just blowing up uh, like a James Bond film. That, that's how I felt. Um, 
but I was so lucky and so happy to, to get out of Lebanon at that time. Um, and I was excited to start in, in Korea where it was a place that I had planned to be from, from, from when I had moved to Asia in the first place. So I was excited and, and, and ready to, uh, to finally play there. So it's certainly a close run thing to actually see you play over here, actually. Um, but obviously, let's let's be honest about something. What did you know about uh, Ansan Karina's football club before arriving? So to be honest, I did not know too much about Ansan Greeners. The only thing I knew was that we had played in Ansan uh, in a World Cup qualifier maybe a year or two, or maybe 2016, um, and which we lost 1-0 in the last, in, in, in injury time. Um, so it was, it was a little bit better going back there and seeing the game ball in, in that stadium. Um, but uh, what I knew is that, that Korea is a very, very beautiful country. Uh, the culture as well is, um, is unreal. Uh, and the people are nice. So I was excited to, to, to move to this place. And um, honestly, I, I didn't know too much about it. It's an interesting connection, though, that you'd actually um, witnessed a WAR stadium before. So maybe you know, it was calling you to, you know, to return. Um, right. Maybe. <laughs> maybe. Um, OK, so you, you, you wind up in Ansan. Um, how did you find your time initially then in Korea? So obviously there's going to be different approaches, I think, the training, diet, the whole setup around a K-League club. Um, how did you find that? How did it compare to other experiences? I definitely needed uh, an adjustment period um, when it came to, you know, how things were run, the, the speed of play, uh, as well as, you know, what I was putting into my body. Um, there's things at the grocery store in Korea that you wouldn't find or that things that are in the grocery store where you, where you grow up in the States that you look for in, in, in the store in Korea and you can't find it. Um, but uh, I think I adjusted pretty well um, in that aspect. Also, you know, we would have team lunch, team dinner uh, almost every day um, and what they would eat is de definitely different than, than what I would eat, but I think the foreign players when I was there, Felipe, uh, Bruno, and, and uh, Balea, and myself, we would sit at our own table and they would give us something different um, than, than what the Korean players would be eating. Um, I think the biggest thing for me was, was the amount of fitness that we had to do. Uh, for example, every Monday we would run a fitness session, Tuesday would be gym, Wednesday we would have a friendly game, uh, Thursday would be a hard training, and then Friday we prep for the game on on Saturday, and we would do that week week out. Um, I understand that fitness and 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 you know physicality is is a big thing in in K two, um, and so I adjusted to it. Uh, I had quite a bit of knocks uh, and and kind of not injuries, but uh, you know, muscle spasms from, from the amount of fitness that we did. Um, but it helped me as a footballer. And, and I think when I was, you know, fully fit, I, I was given some chances uh, to play. Uh, I wish I could have done more 
um, I don't think the the style of play was was something that suited me, um, and uh, and that's a bit unfortunate because you know I really wanted to 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 excel and prove myself in the Korean league, and and the goal was not to stay in K two. Uh, the goal was to to always move up to K one, uh, and to to play and uh, to score as many goals as I can. Uh, but that's football. You know, sometimes you go to places where uh, it's not the right fit for you. Maybe the the tactics aren't right for you. The coach doesn't like you. The players they don't like you, uh, and and that's football. But sometimes you go to a place where the the coach loves you. You're playing day in day out. The tactics they they suit you. The formation suits you. Everyone's playing with you. I think it was a bit mixed for for me in Ansan. I mean, I had a really good relationship with the players. Um, it didn't suit the formation. Uh, the coach didn't really fancy me, but uh, overall, I enjoyed my time. I, I enjoyed my experience, uh, and it helped me kind of become the player that I am today. I think it definitely helped me when I played in in June uh, in the World Cup qualifiers against Korea. So just. We'll come on to that, I think, a little bit later. But just sticking to the, obviously, your time in Ansan. Um, so you come in to, to the club and you've mentioned, you know, all the ad adaptation with the training and then, you know, uh, but you mentioned that, you know, you'd eat, sometimes eat separately with the other other international players there. But um, how were your relationships with other, um, with, with the rest of the Korean players and also how about communication, both in training, off-field, and also on-field as well? So, yeah, going back to it, my, my relationship with the players, you know, everyone was very polite. Everyone was funny. You know, they would crack jokes. There was a language barrier. Uh, we had a translator that was a, basically a Portuguese translator. And uh, English wasn't his first language, although he did really well to communicate with me. Um, but there was always a there was always miscommunication with what the coaches wanted and trans translating that to me um, because I was getting it third hand basically. Right. Um, and uh, it was a bit frustrating, but I learned to adapt with it. Um, I think the players, you know, they were all as helpful as they could be. Um, and, uh, and it's basically the mindset, you know, I went in there and I didn't have a negative mindset, you know, no matter what happened, if I played or if I didn't play, if I understood what they said or didn't, um, I always tried to go in there with a positive attitude and, and to be optimistic about everything. Uh, and I think that's what helped my time there. So do you think that the, in terms of, you know, week to week, you know, team selection, et cetera, do you think that the, um, the coach might make a decision that they might think of oh, my you know, the instructions or communication might not be as effective with certain players. So they might not put players in there. Or do you think at the, you know, once you're on the field, it's a bit different. I think, uh, I think it, it definitely affects, uh, you know, what, what the coaches say definitely affects each player individually. Uh, for me, I'm used to, uh, the head coach coming, taking a, a player on the side and telling him exactly what he wants from him. For me, I never really saw that from, from the head coach. 
for his starters or even for the players that would come in. I never really saw that personal personal relationship uh, where he would basically uh, try to get the best out of each player individually. It seemed like more of, this is what I want for the team. And if you don't fit in the team, then I'm going to change you. Um, and uh, I don't think it worked out too well. Uh, we weren't really, you know, pushing for a promotion spot. We were more fighting to, to stay uh, not, not rock bottom. Um, but that's how football is. Going back to it, that's how football is, you know. You, you have a, a coach and, and you have to follow what he says and, and that's, that's the way it goes. So I imagine, I mean, obviously from our perspective, watching the games, remember you, know, you were used quite often as a substitute and recall you did make some big impacts in games. Remember a long range strike coming back off the bar, etc. So when you've come to another country, how frustrating is it then to not actually get used? It's frustrating. I also remember not only that, that effort that I that I hit the post, um, I had played against Jeju in Jeju. Um, and that was my first game after four games, not even playing a minute. So I came into the game starting and I remember playing really well, to be honest. Uh, I think I had a one of the best ratings uh, uh, on sofa score or something like that playing in the game I did well we gave we conceded two penalties but we ended up I want to say we drew the game or we lost the game I'm not sure but I had played really well in that game um and the the next game the following game I wasn't even selected for the 18 um so it's a bit you know demoralizing uh to you know to try and put in that the effort uh, especially not getting the rhythm you know I think that's what football is as well is is, is having the rhythm to play um to you know if a player doesn't play well in one game it doesn't mean he's he's a terrible player i think he needs to be given chances uh one two three four five and then you can make a, a, an assessment on whether he fits in or he doesn't if you remember fernando torres when he played for liverpool he was brilliant he moved to chelsea and everyone forgot how good of a player he was um and, and that's that's how it goes. Uh, I don't think I was given the proper chances and the proper looks, and I don't think that style fit, fit the way that I played. Um, but I used it as a as a positive experience, a learning experience, and um, you know I don't regret my time at all being in Ansan. Okay, um, that's good. I'm just also then wondering though. Of course, it did. You know, you said you didn't have regrets, obviously, having come come to play play here but um how was the actual break from the club i mean how did you know how did the um do they tell you that you're not going to be resigned or there was just no communication or because so there, there was communication um it was you know I'm, I'm very lucky to have uh a korean agent uh who who works with my agent i basically consider him uh, my big bro uh, Yun Sung Kim, um, he, I think his uncle was, was, was a famous coach for the, the national team. Um, anyways, he, he was communicating with the club. I think it was before the Jeju game, the owners or the man, the, the, the managers are going to be watching this game. They're going to see how you, how you do. Um, and, uh, 
there was feedback saying that they like you, but they're not really sure about uh, a couple of things, you know, in, in the club with, with how the manager is. Uh, so um, basically I was kind of on standby. And then towards the end of the season, when, when I wasn't really playing that much, uh, I think we knew that the unspoken language, you know, that I'm not going to get renewed. Uh, and, and it was pretty clean, to be honest. It was it was a clean break, very professional. Ansan is a professional club. Uh, it's not like uh, my time in Ansar, where I still have an ongoing case with them. Uh, I mean, it, it was a clean break with Ansan. I mean, I, I knew they weren't going to sign me, um, but it was towards the end of the season that, that I kind of got the, the, the absolute answer from them. Um, but they were very professional, and, and I thank them for that. Okay, so um, you've now moved on to uh, Al Wedat Sport Club. Forgive my pronunciation. Al Wahdat. Okay, I'll, I'll practice that some more. But it's in the Jordanian Pro <laughs> League. So before we talk about that, let's just reflect on your experience. So you've played in the US, Thailand, Lebanon, Korea, and now Jordan. How do the different leagues compare in terms of competitiveness and uh, followings, etc.? Uh, I think it's it's crazy, you know, when, when you put it like that uh, to see my my journey as a football player uh, playing in the MLS. It was it's a very physical league. Um, there's not really one team that's dominant over the other. Um, uh, playing in Thailand, it's it's a technical league. Um, and uh, you know it's it's definitely a little bit more quicker than than the MLS. Uh, playing in Lebanon, they're very technical players. Tactically, uh, that's where they're lacking. Um, I would say playing in Korea, it's it's a league that's just go 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 go. Um, and uh, the fitness in Korea is is, is second to none. Um, and and Playing in Jordan, uh, you know, it's it's similar to playing in Lebanon with a little bit more tactical awareness in the game. Uh, it's an incredible journey, to be honest. I hope to add to that list uh, to get experience, and um, and I'm I'm quite happy with with how my career has gone so far. Okay, well, tell us a little bit about your current club while on the topic then. The club itself, and you know, you've mentioned the, some of your experience already. So playing, playing with uh, Wahdat, uh, the opportunity came. I was sitting at home <laughs> back with, with my father uh, um, in my off-season. So I just finished in, in Korea, and um, I actually had just gotten married too. Uh, that's another aspect of, of uh, my time in Korea that kind of helped me. Uh, my wife was able to join me um, towards the end of the season, and uh, it was nice to have a companion and, and a person to explore Korea with. Um, so I'd just gotten married. I had my wedding in December. I went home um, after the honeymoon, uh, and so I was spending time with my father, and I was looking for a new club. Um, and my old coach, when I had signed with Ansar in Lebanon, had called me and asked me if I want to play for Wahdad, uh, Wahdad uh, statistically and, and uh, geographically, they're one of the, the top teams uh, in the Arabic region. Um, 
and uh, they had a, a chance to play in the AFC Champions League. So um, I jumped on it and said, of course, uh, I would definitely, you know, this coach had, had, had used me as a starter. He trusted me. Um, and, uh, you know, it, it wasn't, it was just a, a year contract. I received a call from my Jordanian coach, uh, who was my coach when I was playing with on, uh, Ansar. And uh, he asked me if I wanted to play Champions League football, if I wanted to play for him in the Jordanian League. And, and uh, I jumped on it. You know, uh, I had played one game in the AFC Cup uh, and, you know, playing in the Champions League with a lot of uh, eyes watching uh, is definitely something for my CV and, and for my career that I could check off the list. Um, so, uh, you know, I, I jumped on that decision to, to come to Wahdat. Uh, they're the biggest club in Jordan. They have uh, an incredible amount of fans. And um, so I signed for them. And, and I think after two, three weeks, I was playing in the Champions League against Al-Nasser from Saudi Arabia. Um, and uh, we had a, a brief Champions League campaign. It was kind of like a bubble uh, where we played each team twice in the span of maybe 10, 12 days. Um, but I actually I scored a goal against Fulad, a team from Iran, uh, in the last game of, of the Champions League. Uh, and I was feeling really good about myself and feeling really good about uh, playing for this new club. Uh, currently, we sit second in the table by one point with four games left. Um, I haven't played as much as I've hoped to play. Uh, we kind of play a different style of football, um, different definitely than, than when I had played in Lebanon with the same coach in uh, in Antar, um, but uh, I think yeah, I'm I'm very happy and very thankful that that this coach has given me this this lifeline to play and the opportunity to play in the Champions League. Um, uh, as for where I will go next, I'm not sure yet. Uh, it's still early, um, and there's a lot of international games also. Uh, from now until the end of the year, we've got two World Cup qualifiers uh, in the next 14 days against uh, Iraq and Syria. Uh, and we also have the Arab Cup in December, um, which is, uh, we play against uh, Egypt uh, and some other teams. Um, I don't think Mohamed Salah will be available uh, as he's playing in the Premier League, um, but, uh, but we'll see. Um, it's still early, but, uh, I've I've kind of uh, been really happy with this decision to to come to uh, Wahdat. Okay, so now it would we'll wrap up by actually reflecting on the the international scene. Then, so let's actually reflect on that goal that uh, shook Korea um, a few months back. So I remember, um, yeah, I was watching this. Um, I've seen it. It was on in a in a. In a Kind of a lobby of a, of a building in fact so some people were watching it but obviously it's socially distanced and i say but um yeah i know i obviously took an interest because we like to, to follow our former players and of course you you know the ball came to you in the box you, you you'd span and put it into the goal to put lebanon ahead um i had to stifle a little bit of a cheer with that one but how did it feel <laughs> to score in, in that world cup qualifier uh, you're not the only person to stifle a cheer. I remember my uh, my agent, Yun Sung Kim, 
he had messaged me saying that he was with the board of Ansan. He was with with you know a couple of the 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 GM the GMs or the managers, and he was saying that they asked him why didn't he do that in Ansan, and they were kind of kicking themselves and saying we wish we still had him. Um, but it felt great, you know. It felt definitely like um, I don't want to say retribution, but it finally felt like I was able to to be in Korea uh, and do something and show show what I really can do. Um, the game prior, when we were playing, we played against Turkmenistan, and I uh, turned at the top. I mean, I was about thirty meters out and struck a ball in the top corner. Uh, and I was, I was, you know, so, so ecstatic, so happy. And, and that was short lived because we ended up losing the game three, two, um, in the, in the final 10 minutes. Um, but playing against Korea, we knew that we had a chance to possibly sit back and, and kind of bunker in, uh, cause they definitely play a high, you know, a high press. Uh, they play an attacking, attacking way. Um, you know, it, it was just a brief, brief second where we, we decided to press for a minute. We put them under pressure. Uh, I made a run in the box, and the ball didn't get to me on the initial pass, but it, it went up in the air. I said I, I have to take it down. I had a, a defender on my back. I said I, I'm just going to go in out and then try to get a shot off. Um, my first touch was clean. The second one and the third one set me up and. And uh, it felt like a dream to be up 1-0 uh, playing away uh, in Korea. And they also had fans that game, too. Um, uh, I think we were all thinking, all right, we bought ourselves a goal to concede because we knew that Korea, you know, they were eventually going to keep pressing and pressing and pressing and, and probably get a goal. Um, they ended up scoring early in the second half and then having the penalty. but. Um, it was a definitely great to 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 get a goal finally in Korea against Korea, and and I finally felt like I can, you know, I showed at least some of the Korean. Uh, this is this is what I can do. This is what I could have done if I was given a little bit more time and a little bit more chances to play. Um, but uh, we ended up qualifying actually miraculously uh, via other results going our way. And um, and that's it. And and then we we drew Korea again in the final stages of the group, uh, and they beat us one 0 the last time I think not too long ago, uh, where I started. I played in an unfamiliar role. I played left wing back. We played five in the back, um, but uh, but it, it was a good experience. And you know I'm really happy to have gotten the goal against Korea. I don't think many Lebanese players or even many players in general have scored against Korea in Korea. So, so I'm very thankful for that. Yeah, certainly, you know, listening to you, it's, you know, it gives us a lot of regrets from Ansan, from Ansan fans perspective that we didn't get this opportunity to, to certainly see, see more of that. But, you know, just on, on Lebanon, you, you, you are, you know, fifth in that third round group, but, you know, you've got Iran and Korea, the, it's kind of hard to look past them as favorites in that group, but there is that third spot and you're up against, you said you've got, I believe you've got Iran and then you've got Iraq. Is it Iraq coming up? 
but you've also got, got Iraq. We've got Iraq coming up uh, on the seventh, and then I think we play against Syria here in Jordan. We, we play actually. I'm not sure whose home it is. If if we're playing Syria in Jordan, if they're playing their home games in Jordan, but I get a, I get to come back to to my home and and, and play an international game here. Um, uh, we also have so we have Iraq, Syria, and then Iran. Uh, as the as the final mm. of the fir- of the first leg, um, we're pretty optimistic. Honestly, I think we can get results against Iraq and Syria. Um, they're, they're teams that we, I think, we won't play as defensive as we did against uh, as Korea and even UAE. But playing against UAE, I think there's this belief that we can actually do more. Uh, we can attack more. Um, and uh, I think you might be able to see that in, in these next couple of games and even in the return leg against UAE. Iran is a difficult team, a very difficult team to play against. Like you said, they're favorites with Korea. Um, but I guess in international football, anything is possible, uh, more so than, than club football. Um, you know, any, any given day, any given uh, opportunity, uh, anything can happen, just like I scored against Korea. Um, you know, we could we can grab an early goal and defend, uh, and that's definitely possible. But I think we're optimistic. You know, we're, it's a dream to be in this position. Not many countries. I mean, I know my Jordanian teammates who play for the national team. They, they regret not being in this position that we're in, and they actually maybe played better football in in their group, uh, but didn't qualify. So uh, it's a dream. I think most of the Lebanese players are up for it, and. Uh, you never know what will happen in football. Well, we're certainly looking out for, for a possible appearance from you in, in Qatar next year. Thanks for, for being on the, on the podcast. It's been great to have it, for having you, and I hope our, our listeners listening to this have really got a good insight, both you know, from all across the world, really, from your time in the U.S., and all across Asia as well, as well as you know, um, the ins and outs of the transitions you've made, what's involved, the style of football, and then also onto the international stage. So thank you, Suni, very much for coming on to the podcast today. Thank you for having me, Mike. Anytime, uh, you never know what will happen in, in, in my career one day. Maybe uh, we will do interviews in person uh, in the future, hopefully. So uh, really appreciate it. We look forward to that. Possibly if you come back to career and score, score the, game, the goal that puts Ansan into the K1. <laughs> hopefully all right cheers mike hola mi nombre es raúl tarragona y estoy siendo entrevistado por ansan Greener. Hello there, I'm joined by uh, Dr. Campbell and we're going to just dissect the results since August for Ansan, where there's been quite a significant change, at least at the very top of the club. After Ansan's 1-1 draw with uh, Busan in mid-September, Kim Jil-shik actually tendered his resignation and he, interestingly, he put, obviously it did come after the on the back of a 10-game run without us, without a win. He said, ultimately, responsibility lies with the manager, and he's taking responsibility and stepping down from his position. So let's just get into Kim Gilshik's reign first. I think, firstly, 
I would say, you know, it's quite a big step or at least give, give some credit for him to actually for making the decision to step down when it was so clear it wasn't working. Yeah. You know, Anzan has had their struggles. They've had issues keeping their best players healthy on the field. They've had limited success. And to put all that on the shoulders of a manager seems a bit unfair. But at the same time, you know, the buck stops with the manager. He's had some questionable lineups. Um, and tactically, it seems like a lot of his strategies, either they didn't pan out the way he envisioned them, or they just didn't work with the tools he had on the field. Yeah. Um, it's, not, it's not surprising to see him walk away. Even in the middle of the season, it has to be very frustrating after languishing near the bottom for so long and then having a hot start and getting a little glimmer of hope only to have that mid-season just uh, mid-season race to the bottom of the charts. Yeah, I think so it, I'm not surprised. Yeah, it was, I think, a major issue. I mean, I wrote an article for K-League United and I went through 10 games and we only really ever had four players, four or five players starting from one game to the next. There was so much rotation in the side that kind of really helped. And it's interesting that you say that not making best use of the tools, given that in the first part of, uh, of this particular pod, um, I think we in, with the interview with Suni Said, he said that um, the formation and the, the way Ansam were playing didn't really fit to his strengths. And that was one of the issues, but, you know, obviously he's a, he's a high quality player and perhaps, you know, sometimes, you know, the system has to fit the players rather than the players having to fit the system, especially of a team of Ansan's resources. So, so I just like to just, let's actually just go back on, on the time he had here. So we came in on the back of that one, really, you know, one of the most impressive greenest season in 2019, when we really should have made the playoffs and then just failed to do it at all in the last three games. We never forget Vintachenko and Jang Hyuk Kim's ridiculous penalty um, mishap at home, which potentially cost us a playoff spot. But that first season, um, Ansan did finish uh, seventh. Um, was that for you know a fur end to a season? Can we say that was a good season, given that Ansan lost so many of the star players in the t before twenty twenty started? Um, seventh is seventh. I mean. I don't think anybody would be happy with it, but maybe they won't feel crushed. And then obviously he's walked away from the club when we're really you know, languishing at the bottom and being threatened by basically finishing bottom of the league. Um, but we are once again finding ourselves in seven. So do you think he's walked at the right time? Um, it was so close to the end, I think to leave at this moment, um, whether it was he was being pushed out and allowing him to resign was allowing him to save face or whether he just straight up quit out of frustration. Um, I think both scenarios would show kind of a 
childish temperament, not just to see it through. Well, obviously we have actually changed the manager and um, we brought in, I think the one of the, was it this, maybe on the striker from the coaching, the coaching staff. Um, but anyway, Min Dong Song, he's um, actually Kim Gil Sheik came in from the coaching staff as well. So um, it's interesting to see if Ansan will actually stick with that again or just seek a more experienced manager. But um, when we last talked on the, on the, Oh, in the last part, it was uh, in August, and we were kind of just talking about Ansan. At the very least, we can affect the title race. We've got two line four derbies of Anyang to come. We've got Gimchon. But wow, Ansan really have affected the title race. Since you know, Kim Gilshik did preside over a 1 1 draw away at Anyang, which is, a, you know, okay, not, bad, not a bad result. Um, actually, it's a good result for our, our standard at the time. But then Min Dong Song's come in. Boom, we've got that first win over Asan, and we played well. And then we host Anyang at home who really need the three points to stay in that title race. And well, we've ended the title race essentially for a line for Derby rivals. Yeah. If you can't uh, make the playoffs yourself, it's wonderful to knock your rivals out of the playoffs, kind of a concession to feel good about uh, two wins and a draw in the last three with the new gaffer. Um, you got. You have to be hopeful about that. One thing that is concerning is, you know, Kim Gilshik came up out of the coaching staff. The new manager, is it Dongmin, came up out of the coaching staff. Is this because they like promoting from within or because they are incapable of attracting the talent they need from a larger pool of candidates? We have to ask, being at the bottom of the, uh, I think at being this at the stage, bottom of the league so long, yeah, who really wants to come into Ansan and turn this ship around? Yeah, well, I think you know, you know, the turnover in the K, especially the K two, is so high that I'm guessing once the end of the season kicks in, any new manager can step in and then they can actually mold the squad how they want, and I'm guessing that's part of the strategy. Um, but yeah, it's been a few, um, some great performances actually. Even against Gimchon, we did, we did actually lose that one um, eventually, and I think we should have come. Oh, away. we got a draw, a loss. My bad. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but yeah, okay, we were absolutely destroyed in that game. Twenty-five percent possession, barely, very, barely a shot on goal or on target. But um, East Sungbin was absolutely phenomenal in that game, and I think when the goal did come for Gimchon, I mean. I'm, I'm, it went to VAR to see, if, and it was to see if it crossed a line. But I thought it was to see which of the seven or eight fouls on Isung Bin they were going to call for that because he was absolutely trampled and was unable to reach the ball because he'd been utterly flattened by the the Gimchon striker. So I think, look, it's not ideal. We we probably we did, of course, statistically deserve to lose that game, but still we could have come away with seven points. And I think. Um, what I'm kind of interested in, and obviously it's pretty much impossible. We've got four games left to go, but we're only, we are nine points away from fourth. I mean, in, we're only 12 points away from a third, I suppose. But in theory, in theory, if John Nam have a nightmare, you know, in the next four games, Ansan could make the playoff places. I think that's quite incredible considering where we were at the end of August when we're very afraid of finishing 10th in this league. 
uh, crazier things have happened. You know, they could run the table. Four wins doesn't seem impossible, although it does seem improbable. Well, we do have third place Dejan away next, who are they're really going to want to... If they win that game, they've cemented their place in the playoffs, so they've got a high incentive. We've got Gyeongnam away, definitely beatable, but they may have the same thoughts we do if Gyeongnam falter at the weekend as well. And then one game we should be targeting beating is uh, on the 24th is Seoul Eland. Um, if we do lose that game, we might, we'll be discussing finishing bottom of the table again. <laughs> but if we win that one, then we'll end the season at Gyeongnam. I mean, it is it could be an amazing end to the season if we... Uh, win the next three matches of course so what do you what do you think we're going to get out of these last four fixtures well what i think and what i hope for are probably two different things um watching the way we finished in the past even when we've been in fourth or fifth position fighting for our playoff lives we have faltered down the stretch so if history is any indicator um and we're looking at one win two draws and a loss but go greeners i mean if you can get this maybe the momentum we need was gilshik walking away just kind of throwing in the towel um and maybe it was a spark you know two wins in three games and beating two solid teams and losing to the top squad is, uh, is no shame. So who knows what could happen with a little momentum. It's certainly been a dead, well, a dead wolf bounce, if you like, if you uh, want to <laughs> use that phrase, but okay. Well, yeah, definitely. Ansan's response has been pretty impressive and look, we haven't, We've certainly played more solidly. We've actually picked a side, which looks like it's, you know, it's going to be more consistent. Um, Kanhoto has been back, and that's really changed our forward line. Um, Duarte's been very good this season as well in terms of driving forth the attack. Um, Chegonju, again, looked impressive, but couldn't score against Gimchan, but he's had that stint with the under-20s recently, so I think he might be up for it now. It's all about, I think the... We still got this issue as Nawi. He's back in training. He played about 15 minutes. Maybe he'll be back. And he's got four games. So really, he needs to make a mark in the K League. He hasn't, you know, because we had the initial, the initial quarantine issues, which extended his, he delayed his start by almost a month. And then he was away of Indonesia playing. And then that led to more issues with quarantine, etc. So, and then he's been injured. So I think, yeah, we've got a lot of players have. A big statement to make. I think Duarte needs to make a big statement. Kanhoto, he might be looking for a move, actually. He's certainly proved himself. And then, obviously, I think Che Gonju, as I just mentioned, Asnawi. Yeah, there's some players who really need to make their mark. And they've got these four matches to do it. And if they do do it, it may make a big difference to uh, what Ansan looked like going into, the, into 2022. But of the players we've got, um, obviously, in the next... The three or four weeks we're going to be having the end of season awards and voting etc who's anyone standing out to you at the moment or who stands out to you as some of the more impressive players or tips to to walk away with our the coveted Ansan supporters prizes uh, 
Duarte has been a spark plug all season long. Asnawi, um, when he plays, provides much needed support in the back midfield or even in the back. With Kanoto healthy, with Gyeongju coming back, maybe, you know, maybe that will help provide the momentum we need to finish strong. And like you said, uh, some of them may be playing for contracts, uh, especially the foreigners. So maybe they do really need to make their mark. Maybe, maybe these secondhand and tertiary influences uh, will help fuel the fire. Right. So, okay. So we're looking forward to actually seeing how we end the season and, of course, which players kick on. Um, just looking at the sofa score rankings, who actually have our top four players as none of the ones we've mentioned. Lee Sang Min, of course, has been absolutely rev- absolute revelation in midfield since dropping down from Suwon Blue Wings into the K2. I think Lee Sang Bin has really cemented himself as a he's one of the top shot stoppers in the league. Um, Kim Leondo, I think his rating might be inflated by the sheer amount of penalties, but he's got a lot of assists. And then um, Song Chu Ho in defense as well is also rating very highly. I think the Ansan defense is actually, despite the fact we've yeah. been really battered a lot, but actually the defense hasn't been the disaster I think we predicted when we lost some key players, including our captain in the close season last time. So, yeah, I think there's a, it's a bizarre the position we're in because I think we've got a lot of positives from the playing staff and yeah, we really should be doing better and as I said the fact that it's a mathematical possibility at this stage of the season that we could actually end up extending our season into November in the playoffs is quite incredible. Dejon could end all this in just a few days time but we'll see we'll see Yeah in the immortal words of Journey uh, don't stop believing (laughs) I'm sorry for bringing everyone who had to hear that I was wondering if that's going to get a DM strike on uh, on on the on the pod this time. <laughs> um, so okay, right. Um, okay, well, thank you, Colin, for joining us today, and we'll be back in um, at the end of the season to actually look back on what transpired, as particularly over this last month of the K League Two. So thank you, and thank you everyone for listening. Colin's waving, actually, in that. In that yes. <laughs> I was going to say, before we end, we need your prediction for the Final Four games. You didn't give a prediction. All right. Well, you know, um, at this stage of the season, I'm going to say some... It's a, I'm trying to work out the permutation to say we can finish fourth. Um, John and I do have those poor games, but Dejong, we managed to scrape a draw. We beat, we actually beat Gyeongnam and Seoul Eland, and then, boom, you know, as now we came over here to make his mark, last minute winner against John Nam, we sneak into fourth, and then, well, there's going to be a few more pods we have to record this season as a result. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, well, as as I said, at this stage, as I said, I'm actually feeling upbeat about Ansan. I mean, I just thought that was done. Just close to the end of the season when we recorded in August, but you know, this is it's nice to feel positive about the Green Wolves. It's been a few years. Okay, well, see you next time, Colin. Thanks. Take it easy, everyone, and thank you for listening.